Good evening, good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Marriage Makes Three. Hashtag GD and me. Glad to have you all in here. Come on in, come on in. Invite somebody, invite somebody. Sophie Tam, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us on IG. Welcome in, everybody. This is uh, Marriage Makes Three. We're here Tuesday through Thursday between the hours of generally between 9 and 9.30-ish Central Standard Time. We're pushing uh, a little bit late tonight. Uh, other priorities and some other things going on. As you all know that we do have day jobs. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Pastor Greg Mostella, my bride, the other half, my better half, my other half is uh, Pastor Michelle. Uh, she's not with us tonight, so we're solo. Thanks for coming in, everybody. Uh, this is my second time uh, being live today, and uh, so privileged to have this opportunity to be with you. If you're coming in, go ahead and share. Let us know where you're from. Announce yourself. Tell us who you are. We are on the new HAPS TV <coughs> app the new HAPS TV broadcast studio. And so we're broadcasting to multiple streams, uh, Facebook Live, there's IG, there is YouTube, and there is Twitter that we're broadcasting to simultaneously. So thanks for being in here. Um, again, we do this and uh, we drop the tools to, and the tips to help you get your relationships on and popping. We have content for both single and married. If you're single and ready to mingle, or if you're not quite ready to mingle, um, and you need some direction on what, what it means to get prepared, uh, we believe and we know for a fact that in order to mate right, you have to date right. So it all starts with the dating process. And uh, so we do have products to help you date better, to help you to be more selective in your dating process. Not that you aren't, you know, nobody's dumb here, but uh, sometimes we all need a little bit of help. You know, if you need a help in a particular area, you go to the medicine cabinet or you go to the pharmacy. Uh, if you need a help in the legal department, you go find your attorney. If you need some medical uh, help, you go see your uh, doctor or you go to the hospital or the ER. Uh, so this is, marriage is the same. Relationships are the same. Sometimes we need help uh, narrowing down, finding out why uh, the relationships that we're in fail, uh, why we choose the, the wrong kind of people. Uh, and uh, so that's one of our areas of expertise. We are pastors, <coughs> we are authors, we're Air Force veterans, and we're your go-to couple for all things relationship. We help couples achieve relationship success so that they can avoid divorce and have a lifetime of love and happiness. We help you get your relationship on and pop in. All right. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about understanding man speak. Last night we talked about understand woman speak. Uh, we use some of the words that some of the words that women use uh, in conversation. 
what is it that they mean? Words like fine and fed up and finish and forget about it. Uh, what do they mean when they use these words? We've determined that men and women uh, not only speak a different language in some contexts, but sometimes, uh, and, and that women speak more words than men, sometimes we're speaking an altogether a different language. So it kind of helps to have some context and some, uh, uh, to be able to have clarity. Sometimes we need the context <coughs> of the conversation. Most of the time when women use these words, uh, fine, and it's accompanied by the hand and the face that stop, that, you know, universal stop sign, or that sign that says, look, I've had enough, don't talk, proceed no further. I don't want to hear any more of it. You know, that usually indicates that a woman is to the fed up point. They are frustrated. Uh, it's not that... Uh, and it usually means that a timeout is necessary. Give them a little bit of time and then come back and approach it. Allow a little time to pass. Be wise. Please be wise and allow her to have a little bit of time to kind of, you know, take it all into context. Well, she's telling you that if I say anything else um, at this point, if you push me to say something else, it may be the wrong thing. We're, we're all human. We all have our breaking points. And so we have to be wise enough to know that each of us need a little bit of time to ourselves. Kismet is joining us uh, here in uh, IG Live. Thank you for being here, Kismet. So we're talking about tonight about understanding mind speak, man speak, man speak. So having a, getting a little bit, having gotten a little bit of context <coughs> for the conversation of last night and tonight. Tonight we're dealing with men. When men say certain things, uh, what do they mean by that? Is there uh, is there something that will help me to understand? Is a universal men's dictionary? Uh, uh huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have you all, how many of you who are in here, uh, and right now I'm not seeing any comments. Thank you for being in here. Uh, share the broadcast. Let us know. Go ahead and tell us. Let us know you're in here. It's okay. We'd love to know who you are and uh, where you are hailing from. Thank you for letting us know that. So, <laughs> you know, that sometimes men, uh, there is a code among men and men speak in a series of grunts and uh-huh and grunts and yes and no and different uh nonverbal gestures and these kinds of things and men seem to pick up on it yeah they seem to know yeah that's right uh what's happening you know because so if you ask a man what's happening <laughs> hola pastor g hello 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 thank you for being in here appreciate you so what do men mean when they say various things? What is meant? And I want to give you two examples. When a man says, uh, uh, I'll take care of it, what does that mean? Or, or I'll handle it. What is he really saying? Okay. Now, uh, and how many times have you asked him? So that's, that's the, 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 uh, 
the backstory or the question behind the story. How many times have you asked him to do a certain thing and said to him, this needs to be done? Uh, so if a man, just like women, get frustrated, men also will get frustrated, absolutely. And sometimes the frustration will say, look, I got this. Okay, that's another one. I got this, I'll handle it, I'll take care of it. <laughs> it's not a simple answer. But what he's saying is, look, quit bothering me about this. <laughs> now, if he really said, came out and said, quit bothering me about this, the fight is going to intensify, correct? So, so now you have a little bit of context. How many times have you asked him? Okay. How many times has it been said? Um, how many times have you reminded him that this needs to be done? What that means is that he's reaching a little bit of a frustration point. Uh, we all get frustrated. There's nothing wrong. But how we handle our frustration is vital, is important. Right, uh, uh, Ja. Thank you, Ja. Ja says, "Right, I got this on my timetable, not yours. <laughs> I'm going to handle it." Now, now, Ja, you know you can't be that direct. <laughs> you can, <clears throat> you can be that direct, but are the consequences hmm, worth it? Where, where are you going to sleep tonight? And Josh said, I, I think in one of our broadcasts, maybe last night, he said, and I'm not sleeping on no couch. <laughs> yeah. But there are consequences. And one of the things that you learn in relationships, communicating, is that there are times when you have to be, you have to dial it back. Okay, You can't let anybody feel the full force a thrust of what it is that is on your mind. Uh, what if it's been six months or more since asking? You know, and, and I think that's that's a difference, uh, is that there are times when we uh, have to be reminded, you know? And that's, again, another part of being human. Another part of being human is that we forget stuff. And our priorities, you know, and so we all need uh, reminders. But how do you remind me? How does how do I remind you without it being upsetting, without it being frustrating? Sometimes, listen, it's going to be frustrating. Relationship, it, you're not in a relationship by yourself, so there are going to be times of frustration. The Apostle Paul, <coughs> as he talks about marriage, remember Paul, the Apostle Paul was not married. He said that uh, uh, a man, if he, if he wants to marry, if, if he has a, a virgin, he used a virgin toward a young lady, virgin, uh, and uh, he finds himself acting unseemly, and that is, he wants to be around her more, more, spend more time with her, and he wants to be intimate with her, then it's better that he marry, right? 
And then he goes on to say that you will have trouble. Okay. So to be forewarned is forearmed. You're going to being single is troublesome. Because if you have gotten to that place in life where you have experienced certain things in the dating world, you experience the company, the joy of, of, a, of a woman, okay? And, and you plan to continue this practice. You don't want to go to hell, <laughs> you know? And I, I, I hate to use that one, but, but that's the reason a lot of people, and that's the truth, <clears throat> you don't want to get in trouble with God. You want to maintain a relationship with God. But he said, you're going to have trouble. So whether you're single, when you're single, he says, you can take care. You can be focused on the things of God. Okay. But the married man has to be focused on the things uh, of his wife. He has to be concerned about his relationship. He has to maintain his relationship. And that's not easy. Okay. And so we have to decide whether it's better for me to, to live as a single person, <coughs> to have some of my own rules, to be able to spend my own money, to be able to make money the way I want to make it, you know? So that, that's a heavy question, married or single? Do you want to be married or do you want to be right? Okay, so sometimes there is a, a, there's a lot of compromise. Paul said, such will, you're going to have some trouble. Because a married man is concerned about the things in pleasing his wife. Okay, you should be concerned about those things. And I think, <clears throat> I really do believe that we can do both. Okay, there were... A, a lot more, and I don't know the challenges were more, uh, are more now than when Paul was around, but there are a lot of things that Paul did not have to contend with. The world was present, but not on 24-7, right? When you went to sleep, that were, the cities were not lit up the way they are now. Nowadays, there are things that are open all night. Most cities have something that is open all night. There are exceptions. Come on, talk to me. There are exceptions. There are cities where there's nothing open all night, not even a service station. Okay. And this was before Corona. <coughs> there are places where things were not uh, where there was nothing open all night. Most cities you go to, you can find an all-night eating joint. That is some place where you can go and find a meal or you can find something to eat when everything else closes, when the, when the bars, when the club closes. You can still go and find something to eat somewhere. Uh, Starkville is not one of those cities. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Edward Lynn, thank you for uh, Edward Lynn 0827. Thank you for joining us, for subscribing uh, on HAPS Broadcast Studio. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of uh, Marriage Makes Three. Understanding man speak. What does it mean when a man says, uh, I'll take care of it, I'll handle it? Sometimes the code is that, look, I don't want you having to worry about this, okay? 
and uh, women, uh, we, we have to understand. <laughs> we have to understand that men of a certain age believe that they are to protect you from certain things. And I'm I'm one of those men of a certain age. And some and, and not that you can't protect yourself, not that you don't carry your own switchblade, <laughs> uh, that, that you're not packing heat. You're not you have an arm permit. You can you have your carry license, right? Not that you can't protect yourself, but I believe that when your relationship with someone, you have some responsibility for their protection. Okay, there may be some conflict in that area. And so when you're saying, uh, let me take care of it, let me do it. Some I've seen guys get mad because uh, their wives wanted to pump the gas or wanted to mow the lawn. lawn. Okay. And on the other hand, you got men that would love to have somebody help do those things. Okay, and I would say if, if she wants to do these things, if she wants to drive, who's going to stop her? Right? Who's going to stop her? Um, there's a, a comment there, and we was talking. We we're talking about things remaining open after uh, late. You know, things open late in cities, and uh, Starkville is one of those cities, I believe that has a distinction that we don't have anything open uh, after certain hours. Uh, I think Wendy's, prior to Corona, Wendy's and Taco Bell closed at 3 a.m. Then they opened back up for breakfast. I'm not sure, you know, since Corona, what's what's taking place with that. Thank you, God bless you. Uh, so let me go back to Pastor Michelle's comment. And the comment was, they say the only thing open after 11 or something and legs, you know, and we've heard that, that comment. Um, but of course, in some cities, again, there's nothing open late. The cities are not lit up. Uh, in Paul's day, the cities were not lit up the way they are. It, it's nothing like Vegas and uh, what is it? The city, is it Chicago? Is it Vegas that uh, the city that New York, the city that doesn't sleep, New York, New York, the city that doesn't sleep at night. So uh, in, in Paul's day, when the lights went out, when, when uh, the city got dark and the sun went down, for the most part, the city got quiet, unless you were in Rome. For some reason, people can always find a room or, or an opportunity to do the wrong kind of stuff, right? <coughs> uh, Edward Lynn, uh, God bless you all, glad to see you. Said, so how can two walk together unless they are agreed, unless they be agreed? So in that, in the context, of sometimes her wanting to pump the gas, her wanting to mow the lawn, maybe some things that, that she wants to do. You, you have to, in your own relationship, don't get so locked around, uh, so dogmatic, or so threatened with your manhood 
that if she wants to pump the gas or she wants to drive the car or she wants to drive an 18 wheeler, you know, we're not supposed to be so frustrated that uh, we have no give. You know, what what if your daughter wants to do some of these things? What if your your granddaughter wants to, you know, occupations? It doesn't make her manly because she wants to drive a truck. Okay. And and so so a lot of times we're threatened too easily uh, when certain with certain subjects. Okay. So don't let your discomfort with something be the reason that she can't do it. Because if you start telling a grown woman what she can't do, then you're going to have some problems. That's going to be an area of conflict. And you're not going to be walking yet. In fact, there are going to be some other things that you're not doing together. So, <clears throat> so we live in an age where I think it's always been there where men can be, we can be a bit chauvinistic about the way things are supposed to run. We can be very dogmatic. Well, I'm the man of the house and I wear the pants. Okay. I'll tell you about a story about that later. Uh, John says, stuff closing or being in a small city are hard for people like me. Night owls, one of the few reasons I miss being in New York City. Okay, I hear that. Now, I'm not, John, I love going to the city, but I love coming home from the city. I spent uh, a number of years in Riverside, California. And... uh, uh, in a little uh, town called Rubido, R-U-B-I-D-O-U-X. Uh, I lived there for maybe a year or so, then moved to uh, March Air Force Base, which is a little more rural, uh, surrounded by orange, orange groves and, and an Air Force Base. <laughs> but there were places that were open all night. Okay, Now, Years later, I went to Los Angeles to visit my brother. He lives in West Los Angeles. And in uh, West Los Angeles, I remember at that time, the area that he lived in, there were people talking and walking the streets all night long. Now, I had been overseas for a number of years. And so it was a culture shock. I'm just this is my first experience coming home from overseas after three, almost four years. And I had this culture shock of hearing people out at all hours of the night and they're not talking softly. It, it was just not a good experience. I did not, y'all remember that song? I didn't sleep at all last night. That was one night that I did not sleep. Okay. So, so it can be a, a culture shock for some people leaving the big city where there is stuff open all night. And I, I don't like being able to go and eat at places, but I like to be able to go back home and enjoy some peace. Shh, do you hear that? What is it? What is it? What is that? Y'all, it's a word from the sponsor. Stop tripping. Hold on. Thank you.
quiet. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, so we're talking about understanding men, man speak. Now, I haven't covered that topic a lot. I've just been kind of talking around it. But when men say certain things, uh, one of the things that we know about us is if, if you, uh, certain men can be very, again, dogmatic are very firm in the way that we think the way things ought to be. But when you marry, Paul says such will have trouble. You're going to have some trouble. You're going to have to make some adjustments. It's not going to be your way all the time. And if you are thinking that it's going to be your way all the time, then uh, you you got another thing coming okay so it, you have to make some adjustments you have to be willing to do those things thank you ja for posting the link marriagemakes3.com for more great information bit period ly forward slash mm3 link <coughs> so this is is one of the subjects that i've uh covered and, and not in a lot of detail, but made mention of the difference in men and women. I think in every book that we have, we've talked about communication because communication, finances, and sex are three issues that come up in every, um, one of the three will be in every marriage argument. Sometimes it's two or three out of three. In every divorce proceedings, these three are involved. May not be the primary reason, but they're usually one of the reasons that pushes the um, things over the limit. The straw that broke the camel's back. So this is why, you know, uh, you, you have to deal with these areas communications, your finances, and the sex life. You have to talk about these things. You cannot leave them to assumption that everything is all right. You need to be asking the right questions. You need to be having conversations periodically. You need to be acting proactively. That is planning these kinds of events. And so <clears throat> these areas, we talked about them in, in uh, and pretty good detail in our book, 26 Ways to Become a Trophy Husband. 26 Ways to Become a Trophy Husband. And uh, uh, you can find uh, the information on it. It's bit.ly, B-I-T period, L-Y, forward slash trophy man. Uh, trophy man, one word. And uh, so we talked about communications and the difference in the way that men and women communicate. Okay, and there are some some pretty substantial differences. And if you're not bridging, working on bridging those differences, then the trouble, the the issues will get to where they are insurmountable by yourself. You're going to need some help to deal with them. And there are some of you, there are some people who would benefit for some help beforehand. 
when you when you think about it that many men go into marriage uh, without the greatest examples of what a husband and the father, you know, we may have great fathers, but sometimes uh, a great father can be a miserable, a horrible husband. Okay. And we need good examples in that department. And I, I will tell you that I did not have um, the books available to me. I had a great dad, wonderful dad. Um, but I did not have all of the examples that I should have had probably have had as a husband. I mean, you know, when you think a person does the best that they can and they are loving and they're supportive, but there are some areas, all of us have those areas where we are, are you know, we are success in a lot of areas, but some areas that we are abject failures at. And sometimes it's because we didn't have the good example, right? My dad was died was was born in 1921. His father died in 1944. So there's really not a lot of time, <coughs> really a lot of time before his father passed away. Okay, um, and so he wasn't in his life. Although he was the firstborn, uh, my granddad was. Uh, uh, World War One Army veteran. My dad, of course, became a World War II Army veteran. And uh, so my dad did not have a lot of time um, with his father. And so, you know, and this thing is kind of, if you go back, keep walking back to find the examples. We've not always had the examples that we need. So in writing Trophy Husbands, 26 Ways to Become a Trophy Husband, I wanted um, the book that I wish I'd had as a younger man. So I wrote it with this in mind, is that I wanted future somebody who's coming along, maybe in my ministry, in my life, maybe in my grandchildren, to be able to have a guide, something that they can look at and say, wow, even young men today, uh, many young men are being raised by mom. There are some that are raised, being raised by, by, by dad, but most in single parent households are being raised by their moms. Incarceration rate uh, dictates that there are a lot of young men who are being raised by mom. And if mom didn't have a particularly sterling relationship with dad, you know, there's a whole vacuum there uh, of information. There's a whole lot of people who don't know how to do stuff. Okay. And so when preachers uh, are pastors <coughs> who've been doing this a long time, say that it's parents' job to raise their children, I beg to differ. It's, it's our job as pastors to help them get the, the help that they need. What if they don't have the examples? What if they can't provide examples for them? Do we? What do we tell God? Do we tell God, can we honestly tell God that it was their parents' responsibility? God says, why did, why did you allow this young lady in your 
congregation, you pastored them most of their lives. And why didn't you tell them, you know, how to be a good mother? Why didn't you tell them uh, about uh, sex outside of marriage? Why didn't you tell them the difference between a man and woman? You had all of this time with them. And well, it was their mother's responsibility. I think we, we incur some responsibility. When we say that we're gonna pastor people, we need to pastor all of them, children accepted. And thank you for that. God will not accept excuses, okay? Uh, and, I, and I understand that we are, we're in a world where people are Sue crazy. I'm not talking about being crazy about Sue, <laughs> but we'll sue you for saying the wrong stuff. <clears throat> or thinking that you're saying the wrong stuff. But I'd much rather that somebody sues me for doing uh, doing the right thing when they think it's wrong than for me not to do what I'm supposed to do. I, I'd rather the man sue me than God say, uh, look, <laughs> you ain't coming in here. <laughs> I, I don't want God to say, look, depart from me, I never knew you. Lord, I preached for 43 years, 50, 60 years, and, and retired from preaching. I preached all over the world. And the Lord said, depart from me, I never knew you. And, and that you did it not to the least of these. The least of these is that there are some children in our congregations who don't have a daddy, who don't have a mom whose daddy is serving doing life, or whose mama is doing life, or who have been raised by a great, great grandparent who knows very little about parenting, who's forgotten more than, <laughs> okay? So I think we, we share some, we have some great responsibility. And I, I'll say this, that when we don't know we're responsible for bringing people in who do know. Now, we have workshops and we have conferences and there, there are pastors that I know of who every year the church gives them money to go to conferences and workshops. And we want our pastor to be well equipped and we want them to be rested. We want them to have a vacation in the Bahamas. We want our pastor to drive the latest car, to live in a good home. And if you're going to workshops, but you're not bringing the workshops to your church, to your member, to the lowest member, you want people in church, but you're not giving them what they need, the survival skills. You 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 want to do well, but you're not teaching them how to prosper. Oh, I know I'm talking. I'm saying something tonight. Okay. I we want our membership to do as well, do better than us, outdo us. You know, uh, you know, if, if we want good jobs and, and we want to live in a nice home, we want our membership to have good homes, safe, right? Uh, John says, we had our pop and stepdad, but my mom still got us a big brother when we were young. I don't know if that still exists or was just a local thing. Uh, I heard of it in, in some areas. I, I have heard of it in some areas. Not a lot of people doing it here again. 
we live in a generation where people have gone so crazy. And uh, we've had so many incidences where, uh, you know, the Boy Scouts, organizations like that, we, and, and churches, sadly, very often uh, the choir is a place where young men and young girls end up experiencing things they should never experience at their age, okay? So for that reason, many congregations will not, won't even touch things like that. I know churches that have missionary in their name, and I don't mean any shade. They have missionary and, and, and uh, what is it? evangelistic in their names and they don't do any evangelism and they don't do any missions. Our church, we have a small congregation, but we sponsor every single month, $25 per child, 15 children in Uganda. That's a missions effort. And at every opportunity that we can support someone who's going to Cuba or who's going to Africa, Kenya, uh, we're supporting people who's going to Kenya. We're supporting uh, as a pastor whose car broke down in Kenya. We sent money. There's a pastor who's getting married in, in, in Uganda. We, you know, so, and, and I'm not saying any of this to put other people down. I'm just saying that we have a greater responsibility uh, than we realize. We can't afford to be saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get around to it. It's time to put up a shut up. We go, Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childishness. I stopped being childish. Okay. After these messages, we'll be right back. Uh, Facebook users say it, the congregation's lifestyle should reflect the pastor's lifestyle. Come on. Uh, yep, I've seen that too. The church I grew up in took up a missionary often, but I never even thought about what it was for. See? You know, are we sponsoring missionaries going to these countries? Um, we had a, a, a church. I came back at the wrong time. I just heard missionary. <laughs> we probably wouldn't think of what you were talking about, thinking about. <laughs> we, were, we were thinking about in the biblical sense, okay? <laughs> Honey. <laughs> All right. So uh, listen, I've been in here longer than I need to be in here. We're talking about man speak, and I know I've been all over the map, uh, but I appreciate you all listening and being in here with me and the comments that you've made and very helpful. I, I think sometimes when we go to say something, the passion, the real passion that we have will begin to come out. Okay. Whether it's for ministry, for music, whatever it is that we do, the alt, the passion is going to come out at what we do. And if the, your passion reveals who you are, okay, it reveals who you really are. 
and uh, thank God for the passion. Uh, we have a passion for relationships. We have a passion for families. Uh, in fact, if we didn't, you see, the relationships are the foundation. The marriage relationship is the foundation for family. And so it's essential that we get that down in order to curb divorce ratings, family violence, those kinds of things to, to stop the trends, bullying, a lot of that stuff, gang membership, a lot of that stuff comes because of the absence of a real family and, and relationships that last and that flourish and that do the things that they need to do to prepare a child uh, for life as an adult. We're talking man speak, understanding man speak. Uh, I'll get around to it. Um, I'll take care of it. I'll handle it. Um, give me some time. All of those are uh, kind of delaying tactics. They can't express some frustration, absolutely. Because uh, sometimes it's our pride. Our pride can get in the way of us uh, sometimes hearing our mates. And we really have to hear them out, okay? They deserve to be heard. Thank you for being in here with us. Uh, Esther Hamburglar, good to see you again. Uh, thanks for being part of our broadcast. All right, I'm going to uh, go ahead and let you go and get some rest for the evening. Pastor Michelle is, has taken a rest evening, although she's been in here back and forth to uh, encourage and help lead the conversation. Thank you, honey, for that. Uh, she is my wonderful bride of 14 years. And I wouldn't trade a thing in the world for her. I appreciate her, and I don't know if she knows how much. I appreciate it. I laid them lips <laughs> across mine. <laughs> that was her. It, it really was her. Okay. Listen, I'm going to get out of here. I love y'all. And uh, tomorrow night, we'll be back again uh, with some very interesting topics. Well, if you haven't had an opportunity to do so, I want to encourage you to go to our website bit.ly, B-I-T period L-Y forward slash M-M-3 uh, links, M-M-3 links. It's at the top of the uh, descriptor for our broadcast. Um, go to our broadcast, go to our website, look at some of the products. There are many free products that we offer as well as some sell products, some books. We have a free 15-minute encounter session where we will talk with you about your most pressing concern. Now, if you need to talk one-on-one, -on -one, initially, we're going to talk to you together. And it may be that you want to go into a course of, of counseling or instruction with us. Maybe you want one of us to mentor you so that you can uh, make sure to get your life on course uh, and that you have all of the tools that you need so that you can be a great success and that you can have a successful relationship. Uh, Pastor Michelle and I, Good Hair, Good Body is joining us. Hello, hello, hello. Bless you and appreciate you, woman of God. 
Um, we have not been married to each other uh, forever. We've been married to each other happily for 14 years, and it's been work. Marriage is spelled, marriage is always spelled W-O-R-K. And we've been working at it, and it's been working wonderfully. Uh, I love coming home to her or, or having her come home to me, depending on which ends of the spectrum we are. I love vacationing with her, and driving with her, and riding with her. And I won't tell you anymore because I have to hurt you. <laughs> but I love laughing with her, and I love hearing her laugh. And uh, so she really does do, uh, she does things to me. She blesses me, guys. Uh, she ministers to me on so many levels. I love her and I appreciate her as a woman of God and as a woman. All right. Yes, yes. Flying solo, flying solo right now. But I'm getting ready to fly on out of here. Thank you for coming in. I love you all. I'm sorry that I can't see who all is in here with us. I know that you're somebody we love. Pastor Michelle is in here for one. Um, uh, but I love you and I appreciate you. And uh, let's do this again tomorrow night. And I promise to stay on context, uh, in context or on content tomorrow. All right. Appreciate you. all have a great evening. And uh, we always remind you at the close of our broadcast here that God loves you and that we love you. And ain't a thing you can do about it up in here. And if you're wondering who we are, it's Pastor Michelle and I. Marriage makes three, hashtag GD and me. And that's her right that's, here. That's her right there. And, and that's her. And that's, that's her. Me. Okay. I'm not wearing the gold, but I'm wearing the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have a wonderful night. Love you. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, guys.